My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore your profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Garden Angel, intercede for me. In today's Gospel, we see Jesus doing all sorts of miracles, curing Simon's mother-in-law from fever, casting out devils and curing all diseases. But Jesus, we see that this is just a sign that the Holy Spirit is upon you. Centuries before, the prophet Isaiah had announced that curing the sick would be a sign of the action of the Holy Spirit on the Messiah, the Saviour to come. We read in Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus, you perform all these liberating actions because you are the Messiah, the one full of the Holy Spirit, and liberation is a sign of the action of the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul tells us, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Of course, as God, Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the bond of love between the Father and the Son. But we also believe, Jesus, that you are full of the Spirit as man. When you were baptised, you received a sort of extra gift of the Spirit upon your humanity, a sort of confirmation, we could say, to help you start this new phase in your mission, your public life. Speaking to Nicodemus, a Jewish leader who came to Jesus by night, our Lord compared the action of the Spirit to wind. The Spirit is that wind which can't be constrained. Now this was a particularly suitable comparison because in the Old Testament there's one Hebrew word for wind, spirit and breath, ruah. It even sounds sort of windy or breathy, doesn't it? Ruah. It means all those things. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit or wind or the breath of God. It's very beautiful, for example, that some church fathers describe the Holy Spirit as the loving kiss between the Father and the Son, their mutual in-breathing. It's just a metaphor, and like all metaphors, only captures part of the reality. But it's a lovely one all the same. Jesus, you come to free us, but we don't always feel it. Sometimes, rather, we can feel very constrained, lacking freedom, like Job in today's first reading. Is not man's life on earth nothing more than press service, his time no better than hired drudgery? Like the slave sighing for the shade, or the workman with no thought but his wages, months of delusion I have assigned to me, nothing for my own but nights of grief. Lying in bed I wonder, when will it be day? Risen, I think, how slowly evening comes. Now that might be objective or subjective. We do like to feel sorry for ourselves, don't we? We might be right or wrong to feel constrained, to feel life is very limiting. But let's remember that freedom is primarily interior. I think of that now classic song by the rock band Queen. They sang, I want to break free. But they wanted to be free of all exterior constraints. Yet what really takes away freedom are the interior ones 
the addictions, the weaknesses of character. Somebody could be locked up in a prison and be totally interiorly free. Like the great Vietnamese cardinal Van Thuan, whose life the church is now studying with a view to making him a saint. He was for months in solitary confinement, imprisoned by the communist authorities, and after initial crisis, he learned to love God there even more. And they kept on having to change the guards, because he was always converting them. Another wonderful example of inner freedom is the Dutch Jewish girl Etty Hilsom, who died in Auschwitz, aged 29. From her diaries we learn how after a turbulent youth she rediscovered God in a real spiritual awakening and this enabled her to find meaning in what she called the madhouse of Auschwitz. She refused to give in to what she called the kind of hatred so many people nowadays force upon themselves against their better nature. And of course one can understand the poor Jewish victims there in Auschwitz and in the concentration camps hating their captors because we mustn't hate understandable but wrong and she wrote this I now listen all day long to what is within me and I'm able to draw strength from the most deeply hidden sources in myself I keep following my own inner voice even in the madhouse let me perform a thousand daily tasks with love but let everyone spring from a greater central core of devotion and love I know what may lie in wait for us I have already died a thousand deaths in a thousand concentration camps. I know about everything, and I am no longer appalled by the latest reports. In one way or another, I know it all. And yet I find life beautiful and meaningful, from minute to minute. So she knew all about the deaths taking place, but she managed to find meaning in God. She describes her life in the camp as one great, unpredictable, continuous inner adventure isn't that amazing in Auschwitz in a concentration camp I shall evade none of the tempests life has in store for me she writes I vow to live my life out there to the full well Jesus you promised us life to the full and that's what you offer us and let's remember too that Jesus came to his disciples after his death when they were closed in out of fear in that upper room. And what did he do? He breathed on them wind and gave them the Holy Spirit. Later, in the power of the Holy Spirit, they would go to preach to the crowds. And so my friend, if you're feeling a bit fed up, a bit locked in, maybe you need to pray more to the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've read that lovely book, Jacques Philippe's Interior Freedom. It's worth reading. And at one point he describes the convent of St. Therese. And he makes the point that from reading her works, you could think it was a very spacious convent. But when he went there to see it, he was surprised how cramped it was. And yet, she was full of interior freedom, full of interior space, so she gave a sense of spaciousness around her. We need the Holy Spirit to give us the grace to find freedom in our lives, even when we seem a bit limited or constrained. We might find ourselves denied exterior activity possibly through unemployment through not getting the opportunities we want through sickness, through whatever well maybe now is the time for more interior activity allowing the Holy Spirit to be that interior sculptor Divine Spirit, what in me has to change? 
what has to be chopped off or improved, a vice to remove, a virtue to grow in. What defect, what bad habit, what addiction is taking away my interior freedom? And again, it might be laziness or addiction to my phone or the internet or to food or drink, to spending or something else. Lent, which starts on the 14th of February, could be a time of grace to struggle more against these addictions in order to find greater freedom in God. And of course, the sacrament of confession is always a great step towards freedom. It is the sacrament of freedom as it frees us from sin. With the Holy Spirit inside us, we can turn the worst possible situations into something good. In a few days' time, we celebrate the feast of the Japanese martyrs. And I was reading about some of them, and he explained how they were being crucified and in great agony. But one was singing psalms, another was calling out the Lord's name, another was praying the Our Father and Hail Mary, another was encouraging the others around him. One seemed incredibly peaceful, another was forgiving his killers and preaching a sort of sermon to those watching him, urging them to become Christians. In intense agony, they all found meaning on the cross. It led them to heaven. If we are full of the Holy Spirit, we will be full of freedom and can find meaning even when life seems to be constraining us, locking us in, in various ways. Let's be convinced, if God has permitted this, it's for our good. And let's finish turning to Our Lady, who received the Holy Spirit and was so full of it that her voice alone made John the Baptist leap for joy in the womb of Elizabeth. We can say that Mary's presence gave him freedom of spirit in the physical constraint of his mother's womb. Mother, we ask your prayers that we too may be so full of the Spirit that our presence alone will inspire joy in others, particularly if they're sharing any constraints or limitations with us. Let's all try, helped by Our Lady and the Holy Spirit, to make any form of confinement an experience of discovery of God and joy for ourselves and others. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my God and Angel, intercede for me.